You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. Hey, people-centric leaders. Uh, today, we're going to jump into a conversation. Why are you laughing, Matt? You're laughing at me already. I just started. Because your energy was like at a two out of a ten, is what it felt like. It felt like you're. It felt like you're physically here, but you're still on Christmas break. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, hey <laughs> people-centric leaders. That's where I am. It was a little sluggish. It was a little sluggish. Yeah, I'm take taking two. coffee. Take two. Take, take two. two. All yeah. right. Hey, people-centric leaders. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where that was going. There we go. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Matt and I spend a lot of time together. We travel this together. This is the moment Bethany's super excited to be uh, the third third wheel on this podcast right now. Uh, yeah, I love doing podcasts and road trips with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we fun. We fun. We have fun because we kid each other. We have a good time. So as we talked about like what topics we want to talk, sometimes we like to bring things to you from live clients, things that we do. So we can't always tell you the names. Sometimes we have to change the names to protect the innocent and, you know, we keep our stuff confidential, but boy, we, sometimes we get some really good examples and sometimes we learn stuff from our clients. Sometimes, many times our clients will say something that's like, well, that is wise. That is very wise. That is wise uh, input. And so we were working with the team recently and the team was trying to send a message to the executive on the team saying, we want to be able to help you more. And the executive was feeling a little bit overwhelmed. So let's put this, what, so whether you're an executive or you're an employee, I think you can relate to this one. Let's look at it from the executive's perspective. The executive's looking at it saying, I feel overwhelmed. I've got lots of problems that we need to solve, lots of opportunities that are in front of us, lots of things that I have to go and tackle, and there's not enough time in the day to be able to go do all these things. So I'm buried in all of the stuff that I'm doing. I'm, I'm We call it that leadership quicksand idea, right? Like I've got all the stuff, it's on my shoulders, it all depends on me, so I've got to work harder, so I struggle more well what happens when you struggle when you're in quicksand anyone who's watched scooby-doo knows you sink you sink into the quicksand right you're supposed to stop struggling and let somebody pull you out to get to get out of the quicksand right which is why we call it leadership quicksand from the employee's perspective though they're looking at it saying boy we see these opportunities too and we're kind of excited about it and this person let use this analogy and i thought it was a really good analogy and she said Whenever you go to a party, so imagine you get invited to a party and you walk into the party and the host is there at the party and the host is running around like crazy trying to get everything set up for the party, right? And you ask the host, hey, is there anything I can do to help you, right? I think everybody's been in that situation before. And the host sometimes says, no, I don't need any help. I've got this. I'm just, you're the party comer and I'm going to help you. And so let me serve you. And then you end up sitting there watching them run around like crazy, trying to get the nachos out of the oven and get the pizza rolls in and get the drinks poured and all this other stuff. And you're watching them really, really, I don't know what kind of parties you go to. Bethany, it seemed like you were not a nacho party goer. I don't know. I just noticed. I just don't go to a lot of parties. So this is very foreign to me. I'm also I'm also referring to pizza rolls, so maybe that reveals the last time I've been to a party was the early '90s. That's possibly true. That's possibly pizza true. rolls and bagel bites. <laughs> Both of those. <laughs> then we had combos. That is a good 
that is, oh, that's a good combo. That's what I was going to say. Oh, shout out to all of those products because I think all of those are still real. But yeah, none, you're right. None of those are our clients. None way. of those are our clients. Not, and probably will never be now that if they ever not hear yet. that. Not yet. I was going to say not yet. Not yet. Maybe we can get into that. Uh, but but you're sitting there awkwardly as the party goer going like, man, I, I, I've offered the help. And now I'm sitting there trying to have a good time and trying to sort of, sort of relax. But I'm watching you run around like crazy. Or you go to the party where the person's like, yeah, yeah, I actually need some help. Could you cut these lemons for me for these drinks? And then you're like, yeah, I'll cut the lemons for you the drink. And now you're sitting in the kitchen and you're cutting lemons and the next person shows up and they're like, hey, can I help too? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut these lemons with this other person or, hey, get the ice out and we're going to make these or mix these drinks for me. And now you're all in the kitchen and you're cutting lemons and you're pouring bourbon and you're making drinks and you're doing all these cool things together and you're laughing and you're having a good time. And it becomes suddenly like all the people who are in the party feel like they have ownership in the party. You're having a good time. Like you're doing this together, right? You're all in this thing together. And she used that example to show the executive, like, let us help you cut the lemons. Let us help you bring the problems to us, right? Bring, bring us the challenges that we have. So going back to the old adage that we hear a lot is executives, sometimes we hear managers say, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions, right? So today's topic, what we wanted to present is we wanted to challenge that idea that sometimes Maybe you should bring your people problems, not just solutions. Maybe you should let your people help cut the lemons from time to time. So we're going to talk a little bit about how do you do that? When do you do it that way? Well, how do you bring that up? What do you, how do you respond as an employee? How do you respond as an executive? Basically, we're going to change your life today. Is that, is that true? I think that's going to be true. Uh, is that enough energy, Matt? Did I get enough energy? We're going to change your life today. Yeah. You know, I would, I have kind of a different perspective on this, Don, you, you know, uh, you know, the dinner parties I prefer, I'm going to give a shout out to Steve Dickens. Uh, we didn't have to mm. lift a finger. Uh, I mean, there was a wait staff there and somebody tending bar and, and everything picking up our stuff. Like I, th those are the, that's the dinner party that I'm, <laughs> you asked me to cut lemons. I'm like, okay. And I cut lemons and like, yeah, you can. I was like, ah. I was hoping I was hoping I could just have an old fashioned on the back patio, but I'll cut lemons if you if you want me to. <laughs> Steve I was, was thinking of Steve. Shout out to Steve Dickens. Heck of a heck of a heck of a host. He there. is a he he and his partner are hella good hosts. <laughs> Absolutely. But for fantastic. this scenario, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, let's all cut lemons. I, I think the difference on that one to pull that back to our analogy is that they had a team of people working on that party. <laughs> They were not cutting all the lemons. They weren't making all the old fashions. They we weren't attending caters. either. They were, they were, they were hired help. They, they were, were there to serve. They yeah, were dedicated roles to go and make sure that the bar was set up and the food was set up and the, the tables were all out there and everything else. And in fact, that, I would just like to see Steve Dickens face whenever we said, Hey, is there something I can do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. no, 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 absolutely not. In fact, Don, we got gift bags when we left that party. Like that was. <laughs> They gave everybody gift bags. Yeah, <laughs> you're ruining the entire. I'm sorry. Example. I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's just a different, a different party. It's different. It's a yeah. But for this scenario, you know what? Let's cut lemons. And you know what? I was also thinking of uh, too, Don. Is you know you're, you're mentioning this from the manager's perspective of maybe I can bring them problems. Uh, and I understand why you're saying that. I, I've heard, man, I've heard this from the uh, employees level too, where it feels like they're not allowed to bring problems without solutions. And one of the things that I continually tell managers too is, are you doing a good job of creating a space where your employees can bring you 
stuff, like can bring you things that maybe is a problem or can bring you something that you don't necessarily want to hear. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to do it, but are you creating a space where employees feel comfortable doing that? I, I'm thinking of a of a hospital that we worked with in the director's meetings. They had kind of one of those round table things where it was at the end of it, it was like, how you doing? You good? How you doing? You good? How you doing? You good? And it, and it felt like you had to say yes. You could not say no, right? There was not the prop that the, it was not, you know, the Festivus where you get to air your grievances uh, amongst the, amongst the room there. Right. But they wanted that space to be, where do I go if I'm not, if I'm not good. So I think this works for employees, but also for managers too. managers, are you creating a space for your employees to do that? But then managers, are you also showing them the same, level of, I don't know, intent or respect or whatever you want to say, to be able to say, hey, I'm not good either in these areas. This is what I need help with. And I don't even have a great solution figured out for it yet. Um, you know, but this is what my, this is what keeps me up at night. Um, and I think it, I think that works both ways. I think that's a great point. So I, I think Bethany is with us here too, in terms of our conversation. So it's Don, Matt, and Bethany are who you're listening to on the call. Sometimes we don't always tell you who you're listening to. So we're trying to do a better job of that. Um, but but I love that point that you made, Matt, in terms of you've got to create a place for that. Um, sometimes we hear managers talk about, well, I've got an open door policy. You can come to me anytime I want to. And I think most managers who have heard you just speak would say, well, of course, I want you to come to me when you have problems. But what does it mean to create a deliberate space? Yeah, open open uh, door equals open chaos, we like to say uh, at the same time. Um, you know, creating a space is maybe just having that intentional conversation or I'm going to give a next level piece of advice here. Uh, it, creating a space is maybe watching how you respond to their initial problem or request like creating a space is creating a safe space to where maybe they can bring it up and you respond negatively you have probably now deleted that space from the work area because of your reaction to something when they actually did have a have a concern or a problem that they raised and so creating a space is creating a safe space yes ask the question but then also mind mind your dude there whenever you are responding to that or taking it in so you can respond appropriately which helps create the safe space where they can continue to bring it up again just because they brought it up doesn't mean you have to do it, but the space needs to be there uh, for that interaction to be able to take place. That needs to work both ways, I think. Yeah, you just threw a lot out there. Bethany, what would you add to that? Well, I mean, you were just talking about like asking the question. And I think sometimes managers don't uh, just don't even like ask their employees what they think or how they need to or what their opinions are in general or if they come to you. Because I think you're saying there we're saying like as a manager bringing questions and things to you, um, like challenges to the team, sorry. Um, and then being able to like, let them help you with it, but also having them come to you and say, I think what Matt was saying is like creating the space and having them come to you and saying, Hey, I have this problem, but instead of just answering the problem for them, being able to say like, you know, what do you, what do you think is the, the, the opportunity here? How would you handle it? And being able to support them in that way, but not, um, not, not, not helping them, but helping them like get to the solution together. I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We, uh, you remind me of a discussion we had with a manager at a hospital who said, my people are constantly coming to me with problems and I'm tired of it. And I'm trying to tell them to come to me with solutions. And so the question we of course asked is what do you do when they bring you a problem or a question? And he said, I answer it, you know, like it was the dumbest thing. Like, well, I said, what if you didn't answer the question? And I remember his response because I was not aware that was an option. I can just say like, I just sit there and stare back at them and just, you know, hmm, hmm, what do you mean? 
you know, or do, what do you do? How do you respond to that? And we said, no, 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 you could ask a question in return. So, Hey, I'm struggling with this, this, and this, and what do you think I should do? And then you can come back and say, well, tell me a little bit more about what you, your approach has been to solve the problem so far, or tell me about what some things are that you had in mind to be able to attack that. Um, it, it gets your people to start to think and you it engages them in the situation. Um, it also gives you more information as a manager to help them to understand the problem a little bit better rather than jumping to a conclusion in terms of the solution. Um, but when do we reverse that? Like, is it okay for the boss to go to an employee and say, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me with it? Is it okay for the boss to go to the employee and say, I'm struggling with this certain thing? Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's not only okay. I think it's, I think it's needed. Um, I think it's, uh, I think employees would appreciate where are you going and why are you doing what you're doing? And you look at it, look at it the other way. If I, if I'm struggling with that, if I'm the boss, if I'm struggling with how to figure this out uh, internally, I'm going, I don't want to burden my people with that. But externally, you're probably displaying things that are maybe, maybe looked at as like rash decisions or we're changing directions. Cause you're trying, you're trying things behind the scenes, but they don't know what you're trying. Cause they don't know what you're trying to do. And it just looks maybe chaotic to the employee. And all of a sudden they start to feel unsettled and and you know not confident about their work or, or our work or what we're doing and and until we're a little bit more transparent of of having that moment to say why are you why are you doing what it is that you're doing help me help you what are you trying to solve for here bring me bring me in on this um i think i think it, it, it internally you feel like you have it all together but externally it, it probably feels a little chaotic to the staff i was gonna say it's really humbling whenever for a leader to do that. I think it's good for leaders to do that for themselves too, because I think it's, it humbles them. Um, and I think it's good for the staff to be able to see, and sorry, you guys can hear uh, my baby in the background too. Who's Who on brought a baby to the meeting? She's she, doing tummy she, time. And she's is that a just baby? Like, she's just like, <laughs> she's doing some great tummy time, but here we go. Soon as I talk, you know. Um, you need to put one of those lapel mics. Honor yeah. and just yeah. let her go. Yeah. Let's let her yeah. <laughs> just let her go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's also like humbling for your staff to be able to see you in that in that way as well. Um, and I think it makes your team feel important and valued because the the reality is you chose them to be on your team. You know, speaking to the leader, you chose them to be on your team for a reason. You so you probably do value them, but I think what more what better way to show them that you value them than to like ask them for their help and support instead of them just always feeling like, well, the leader always knows what to do, but to really feel like a team then include them in, in those things. So I think it's a great, a great way to bring your team in. Yeah. I just spoke to a leader recently who had, who was telling me about a problem that they encountered a couple of years ago. That was a major issue that threatened the company's future. And it was a it was a mistake. I won't go into any more detail than that because for fear of revealing something. But it's a, it was a mistake that they had made that they were going to have to dig out of this big hole that they didn't know that they were even in. And he told me, he says, the way that we chose to attack it was, it was like, I could have said, oh crap, I've got to do this behind the scenes and we got to fix all this stuff and I got to shift all this money around and we got to try to fix this thing. He says, but instead I just brought it to the whole team and said, hey, everybody, there's this problem that we have. Here's how it happened. Here's what, and I'm not sure how exactly how we're going to get out of it or how long it's going to take us to get out of it. And he said the whole team came together and they thought it was going to take them a couple of years to get out of this hole. And it ended up taking them a few months. 
And he said it was because the whole team came together and solved all these problems. And what was really cool about it, he said, was that it really transformed the team. He said, like, if I, we didn't try to create that situation. Obviously, we wanted to avoid that situation that occurred because it cost them a lot of money. It threatened the company, all those things. But by bringing the problem to the employees and letting them work out of it, it gave them a moment, like a common common mission for them to come together to fight it really brought them closer as a team and he said it was it was actually a key moment in our in our history like in our culture it really helped our team to come together by bringing these problems together how many times Uh, have we said that uh too like how many times it feels like do business owners need to hear that like your employees want to help you succeed Sometimes you make it difficult for your employees to help you succeed because maybe you don't say the things as transparently as what you could potentially say. And, 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 you know, and, and I've seen this unfold too, where the, the manager owner department and however you want to say it, they're not, they're not airing those problems or they're not airing that frustration, or they're not trying to bring people in uh, to be able to help support it. And then, so because they're not doing that, they're not getting the support that they need. They feel like the workers aren't working in the way that they need to be, they need to be working or helping and supporting. And now that just creates frustration. Why are they doing what it is that they're doing? Well, you haven't done a lot to really bring them in to help you solve the thing that you're also trying to solve. And so I think that works both ways there uh, for sure. Yeah. I like that. How many times have we brought this up? When we look at engagement numbers from Gallup, which we look at from time to time, they come up and they go down a little bit, but it's not, it's like a percentage or two. And really, if you look at like the last 10 years, we really haven't moved the needle much uh, in engagement scores. And I think that like a lot of you are listening to this podcast are probably nodding your heads. Like I, if whether you're an executive, or you're an employee, if you're an employee, you're probably nodding your head saying, yes, I would prefer my boss to be a little more transparent with me to be able to give me more information. Let me help you help me to help you. And I imagine most executives listening to this go, yes, I should lean on my people. I trust them to bring me problems, but then it doesn't happen. So, I mean, I guess the question is, why doesn't it happen? We can say it over and over again. What prevents us as human beings from going to other people and asking for help? I mean, I think the first thing that I think of is um, because we're afraid it makes us look incompetent (laughs) or maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. But that's that's the first thing that that I think of is like, gosh, I don't want people to think I don't know how to do my job or something like that or that I don't you know, that I'm lazy or something like that. And so I feel like especially if you're a leader um, of an organization or a team or something like that, you maybe feel that pressure to a greater extent too. Yeah. I think we hear that a lot when we train managers or supervisors, especially who are new in that position is they'll be struggling with how to manage people and say like, my job is a manager, you hired me as a manager and I'm struggling managing people. That's a hard thing to go to your boss and say, or to go to somebody else and say, I'm struggling managing people, uh, when that's, that's really your job. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a competency thing, uh, maybe, but, but I think it's also, a. um, I, it feels like I have climbed the mountain. I have earned the title. We hear this a lot too. Like I wear the title of manager. So that's now my job to carry all of that. I have now earned the title of this. And so it's my job to carry the burden of all of that. 
and not bother my team with it. I think the, you know, Don, we just, this is teetering right on along another episode that we've, we've done talking about delegation. And this is our <clears throat> people centrics, 2024 newest workshop, by the way, is uh, delegation. We have a delegation workshop. We've rolled out to a couple of different places already booked to come to Colorado. So, Hey, Hey, watch out for that. Anyway, uh, it's about delegation. The reason why is because we, we struggle at delegating and for a couple of the reasons, maybe, maybe it's a competency thing, but maybe it feels like I don't want to burden other people. This is this is the thing that that I have to shoulder myself. When in reality is, no, it's not. Um, no, it's not. In fact, you're surrounded by people that want to help you with that, and you're surrounded by people that might be better at that thing than you are at that thing, and you don't even know it yet because you've not given the opportunity to do it. You're surrounded by people, especially the high performing people, that do want an opportunity to do something other than just their job every day. Like, let me stretch my legs and show you what else I can do. You want to talk about succession planning and and who actually do I have? Who are the players on the field, give them opportunities to be able to work on some of those, uh, those other things, if they would like, uh, if they would like to be a part of that. Uh, but you are, I think the reality is you're surrounded by people that do want to share in that load with you. We just have to give them the opportunity to be able to do that um, as well. Yeah. We're so ingrained in our culture of this idea of like leaders eat last, right? Like well, we've got to sacrifice ourselves. I just watched the movie. We, we were, we were soldiers, uh, Mel Gibson, really good movie if you haven't seen it, you know, but he always talks about he's the first one on the ground going in and he was the last one coming off uh, in, in the battle and everything, not to spoil the ending for you, but uh, he he uh, and he hammers that point and we think of that and we look at that as being noble, but maybe and, and and we think about it like well now you're giving up something as a leader if you sacrifice and you give it to your people but maybe there's a different way of looking at that like is it really if if i'm like okay so like i'm i'm your bosses here right i own the company you two are employees on that if i bring you something i'm struggling with do you look at it and say wow don's really failed and i'm why isn't he solving this because that should have been something he solves no i mean you, you think of the obvious one too right whenever COVID hit it was one of those, oh man, we are facing a problem. Um, and it's not something Don's going to be able to solve on his own. But, uh, you know, to your credit, that was one of the first things that you did was you probably, call, I know you called me. I was in, I was, uh, I was honestly in Branson on vacation whenever that whole, whole thing went down. And I remember sitting in my car out in the parking lot of the water park and you're having that conversation with me going, hey, this is, this is where we're at. It's going to take some effort on all of our parts. And, and I don't think there was hesitancy on anybody's part. Uh, I mean, Bethany, but she got over it. Uh, she got over it. And uh, I'm, I'm kidding. Everybody was totally on board with with help. <laughs> Everybody was totally on board with doing whatever it was that we needed uh, that we needed to do. But you know, that's something though, Don, that you've also created as kind of a common stance to be able to be you know, transparent for the most part on the things that you feel like you can be transparent with. And so we're used to that where, you know, that builds, that builds this partnership and kind of trust over time. And so maybe it is easier for you to be able to tap somebody on the shoulder and go, man, this is what, this is what I'm struggling with, because that's kind of part of what we do anyway. It's part of our culture, I think. That's what I was going to say. It's very much uh, about creating that kind of a culture. And there are a lot of cultures because we work with a lot of these kinds of companies where we go in and it's like, nobody talks to anybody unless they really like have to. And it's probably like they should have talked like a long time ago, but now they're having a meeting to talk about the thing they should have talked about months ago. <laughs> um, and because they don't have those cadences built into their, to their organization or just like regular one-on-ones with their boss or whatever. And so, 
So it's just surprising, I think, sometimes to go from a culture like ours who we talk to each other all the time and we collaborate and we bring problems to each other at all levels um, and then sometimes step into an organization where (laughs) we step into an organization where it's like, like, I don't even, we never talk. We close each, we, you know, we close ourselves into our, our office and we work really independently except for when absolutely necessary. It makes it makes it real, real hard to ask for help whenever you need it. If you don't, you know, Don, I can't remember the saying, like dig the well before you're thirsty or whatever that is, whatever that, whatever that saying is there. But, you know, if I need to leverage those relationships, I probably need to do a good job of maintaining that relationship in the meantime. <laughs> in the meantime, I, I get why maybe it's awkward to be able to raise the flag if you have not done a good job. If there's no trust, if there's no relationship there, uh, I would say that would be real tough to then ask those folks for help. Yeah, uh, it's hard. Getting... It's hard to wait till COVID hits and the pandemic hits, and then suddenly say, "By the way, everybody, here's the situation, and I need everybody's help." Right? Those are that's a tough moment to be able to do that in. But if you do that for little things that come up, you know, things that you see, there's a lot of times. It, it's it's actually probably more the norm than I I would say not the norm where we will talk to an executive team of a new client, and they will tell us these problems that they are having. And then we will go talk to the employees and say, what are you having? And the two things are very different and they're isolated from each other. It's like they don't see the owners will say, oh, the company's struggling in this area, in this area, and we've got to be able to focus on this, or we've got to find these new revenue opportunities, or we got to find the improve this quality service here. And then you talk to the employees and they're like, well, the coffee's not very good in the break room. Uh, our managers don't spend enough time recognizing us. Uh, for the work that we do. And then we'll say, you know, oh, is there anything? I remember one conversation I had with a frontline employee where I said something like, uh, what kinds of things are you doing to drive revenue in the company? Because the owners have just talked about, like, we got to drive revenue, we got to drive revenue, we got to drive revenue. And like, what kinds of things are we doing to drive revenue in the company? And they were like, uh, to my, the employee looked at me like, why are we having a, is there a revenue problem? Like it was suddenly like, is there, is there something going on on this? Like, I don't know. This is the first I've heard of this. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's such a disconnect from that. I think it's done for the right reasons. I appreciate, but side note, I appreciate both of you saying that we do a good job of that at people centric. Cause I, I don't always give myself the highest scores on that. I don't do it first. My, my gut is to always take the bullet. That's my, that's my gut response to that thing. I, you could say it's sacrificial honor thing to do that, but it's more of an ego thing. If I'm being really honest and transparent about it. What was that, Bethany? Not, I was going to say that not necessarily about you. I just mean, like, I think leaders in general, uh, yeah, to your point, like, I think it's kind of is an ego thing. If you, yeah, if most leaders are honest, because it's like, well, you want to be the hero. I think everybody wants to be the hero. Right. And that's like, to your point with a lot of stories that you see of like the sacrificial leader, well, they're the hero at the end of it. They're the one that gets praised. They're the one that gets the applause. Right. Even if, even if they look ragged and worn down. Yeah. And so if we look at that and you think there's kind of a push pull that happens, if as a leader that you're saying, well, I'm, I feel like I can say this because it's a noble, I'm taking the bullet for my people, but there's also this behind the scenes push of saying, yeah, and you're the only one that can solve it. This is why you get paid the big bucks. It's time for you to step up and do all this stuff. Then I think it force it, it doesn't force us, but it makes us to naturally default to, well, we'll take that on. And it's a big mistake. I mean, when we talk about engagement, you know, I've, we, we get question, Matt and I do a lot of conferences through the course of the year and that's, it's a hot topic. Like how do we engage people? 
people. And we've all, we fundamentally have failed as a, as a country to shift how managers look at their jobs so far to shift engagement. Now we have worked with lots of clients who have successfully shifted that and increased their engagement levels. So what's the difference or what's that? And I think that it's the simple answer that people don't believe the way you get engaged people is you engage them. It's, it's so simple that it's easy to miss. Like you hear that. And I, every time we say that at a conference, I don't ever watch somebody like, Oh, and I'm going to write that down. And that's what we're going to do. But it's like, I want to like, I want to just like pause on that for a second. The way you get engaged people is you engage them, you, which means not just engaging them of saying, well, let me reveal things as I think you should get to know them. Or let me, let me, let me take all of the, the, the noise and stuff and put it into this nice package and then hand it to you. It's got to come with like the dirty parts of it. It's got to come raw. You have to be able to show that. And there's a lot of research that shows that the way that you build trust amongst people anyway is through that combination of empathy and vulnerability. So it's flowing both directions, but also the understanding the logic of why we do what we do as an organization. What things are we struggling with? Uh, so I think we have to be able to be more transparent. Uh, it's not just transparency of saying, I'm just going to give you information. It's also, I'm also going to not just share the data, but I'm also going to share the story and share the information and share what I see as the reality. And then two things happen is one is I think people step up most of the time that I've seen it, the employees will step in and lean into that. But then the second thing that happens too, is that it also with more perspectives on the reality you get a better view of what the actual truth is that you're dealing with. Um, the executives don't always have the right answer in terms of what things are going on. And there's many cases that I can think of where the employees are the ones that lead the company out of a problem because uh, they see, oh, well, it's okay, we'll do these things. Well, the executive might have panicked a little bit and said, we're going to go this way and we're going to change all these things. And the employees are like, no, 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 no. If we stay the course and we just do this a little better, we actually can come out of this. So, yeah, I, I kind of got into monologue mode there. I apologize for that. But uh, I, I like this topic because I think a lot of executives fail at it. And then I think that from the employee's perspective, I mean, we would love to hear from you, like shoot us emails, like tell us this as employees. Tell us if you don't want to hear that stuff. Like, tell us. I don't, I'd be surprised if I heard a lot of that. But the employees that we work with, they're like, bring it. Tell me. I want to help. I want to get into the game. Give me more. Well, I think there's a, I think there are some employees that would say, no, I don't want to know about that. That's not my job. I don't want to deal with it, which we have a, a name for those kinds of employees. But also, I think the reality is that for the employees that say that they do want to do it, they understand that they're, job is tied to that too, right? That they understand like how that impacts their position within the organization too. And then I think that's the key, right? Like that's why managers or leaders have to help employees understand how it is tied to their position or it, how it, how it does impact their job because then they will care. I think if you just bring a problem to your employees without the context and understanding why it's important for them, then they won't care. And they'll say like, this is really not my issue. It sounds like this is your issue as the leader of these, this company. Right. Um, so I think that's a really key piece of it as well. Yeah. The, the context, I like the context over transparency. Like if you're constantly building context around what's happening and what you're seeing and sharing that data, I, I go back to Matt's example of like COVID that was an incredibly scary time at the beginning of that process from a business standpoint, 
before it got really serious i mean it was there were some awful things happening if you remember in the united states when that first happened that all it's all kind of a blur now but it was a lot of stuff was happening in in china and then it was happening in italy and then it was like a few cases in the u.s but then they like shut business down so in the u.s at that time like i remember when we were having those conversations none of us knew anybody who had covid at that point nobody heard anything like it wasn't happening all we knew is we couldn't go to work anymore and we as a company lost like 40 percent of our revenue in a week like and then that's tom hanks got covid that was i mean when tom that was that did make it real for me too when tom and yeah if you can't protect our national treasures like that then everybody's at danger if tom's got it i totally agree also shout out to tom if you're listening appreciate you a lot love your big fans we're all big fans uh but it, it was a difficult moment and i remember talking to everybody and pulling us together because i mean i was scared like looking at it i was like i told everybody i said look we're going to do this as a team as much as we can. We just lost 40% of our revenue. Here's what our cash situation is. Here's the things that we're going to do to try to protect ourselves going forward on this. If this maintains itself, yes, our jobs, our futures are in jeopardy. And here's the different things that we're going to do. And our team made some sacrifices as a group together to try to protect all of that, um, which is a hard thing to be able to put out. But I think we tried to build context around it. Also talking about, like, I remember talking about, hey, in the past, We've never had a pandemic before, but there have been times where we've been, I've been scared about the company's future. And here's the things that we did. And here's all the different steps that we could take. And I, I remember you all telling me in during that process of saying that's helpful to know, like there were times when the owner doesn't get paid, or there's times when we deep dive deeper into cash reserves, or there's all these different levers that you can pull. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's not just the transparency of, Hey, by we lost 40% of our revenue and it's threatening everybody's job. So just wanted you to know, good luck. But it's also like the, but here's, here's some of the plans and here's some of the things we can do. And here's what we can do as a team together to be able to fix that. And then you have to keep telling the story. I think we did a good job of that too. As we started getting clients back, which happened fairly quickly uh, as, as companies restabilized and everything else, people started coming back to us and we started seeing that. And we start, you start getting the outside money coming in and all that kind of stuff. We were trying to be transparent about that too, because it's telling the ongoing story. So yeah, love this topic. Uh, so it's, if you're an executive listening to this, I want to challenge you to get over yourself. You don't have all the answers. You're not supposed to have all the answers. That is officially not your job to have all the answers. Your job is to create an organization where people are empowered and aligned, which means you put people at the center of those things. So give your people more of the problems. Let them cut the lemons. Unless you've hired people to cut the lemons on the side, then Stephen Dickens at awesome party. Like that was great. Like we don't, we, Matt and I did enjoy drinking old fashions out on the back porch. Uh, that was yeah. a good time. Near like the waterfall and outdoor showers and things like that. It was, <laughs> Just, they weren't on, but it was cool. It was a neat feature. I felt, I felt like you bringing that up to change the tone of the party. Well, who has, bit. who has that? That's pretty cool. He does have outdoor showers out by the garden. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was pretty nice. Uh, all, yeah. Also, then as an employee, like as you hear those types of things, like ask questions. I think it's important to ask questions in terms of context uh, and, and be careful how you bring problems and be careful how you ask questions and engage those things. Uh, don't panic. Those things have always been real when you find out information that the truth has always been there. It just gives you an opportunity to get engaged in that. Uh, any other thoughts here, team, as we wrap this topic up? 
No, I think I think that's I, the only. Actually, I do have one more thought. One more thought. You were talking about uh, engage. How do you engage them? Engage them. I would only. I would add a piece to that because we've seen it's not just asking the question. It's being prepared to with a with a with a good response verbally and non-verbally at the same time. I've got to be able to engage them, but engage them with compassion, engage them with empathy, and engage them with things not for me, but for you. You know, you have to also be willing to create some sort of a change there yourself as well. So anyway, I would add that because we have seen circumstances where they're like, I'm engaging them and telling them what to do. It's not working. You know, you have, you've uh, chimed in on that for this uh, as well. I just want to engage them with compassion. I think that's another part of that. Yeah. We did four episodes uh, about a year and a half ago on trust, compassion, stability, and hope uh, as what Gallup shows is what people look for in their leaders. You can bring your people problems while also exhibiting trust, compassion, stability, and hope. You can bring your people those problems uh, and and still do that. So yeah, that's the right way to do that. That's a great point, Matt. All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining us in this episode. We always have a good time with these. We are so excited about this year and everyone. So as always, send us some topics, send us ideas, reach out to us. We love hearing from you all. Uh, and thanks a lot for joining us here on the People-Centric Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the People-Centered Podcast. We are so grateful for you joining us every week. If you like this content, please like and subscribe. Also, feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know. It really does help us. If you would like to contact us, I have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then... Be well and lead well.